You're listening to the Vocal Fry Podcast, your weekly dash of voice science, pedagogy, and pop culture. Coming to you from the fields of Trenzalore, where the doctor stands. Vocal oh, fam! Do that now? Hello? Yes, it does. Vocal fam, guess what? The original crew is back together! And two thirds of us of us are in Avon Hall. And I'm over here, yeah. I feel like I should have brought some bacon from Pimentos. Like I should have bought some this morning, saved it until this afternoon, and brought it to make it the truly authentic, like season one experience. Yeah, yeah. What was I thinking? Wow. What a noob. All right. Well, vocal fam, Michael's back. It's me. It's been a bit. It, it has, has been. been. Because I was going to hop on and talk about something, and then I wasn't able to. Was it this summer that we were going to talk? Was it Loki? No, I no? don't think it was Loki. Was, was it? It, it was that? some Marvel project. I feel like it was maybe our, our... Was it Bucky Falcon? Did you guys do Bucky Falcon? I think it was Bucky Might Falcon. I think it was that. Bucky mm. Falcon. So when was the last time you were on here? I think because you were on no. for the WandaVision yeah, were you here? Mm-hmm. Premier mm-hmm. finale, finale okay. prequel, the prequel to the finale. Yes, yes. That was the last time Michael was with wow, us. Wow, that has been a wow. while. Wow. Uh, so, Michael. vocal fam, let's let Michael share his his sort of life update. Sarah's Sarah. By the way, Sarah, everybody just got out of opera rehearsal. We had to wait for Sarah because Sarah was too busy being a stage director. <laughs> too busy being an awesome. An awesome, professor. inspiring professor. Teacher now. <laughs> uh, Michael, tell us about your teaching. Well, well, somehow, someway, uh, I ended up in Wyoming County, West Virginia. Uh, and I am I am the music and art teacher at... I'm an art teacher now. You teach art? And How did I miss I, that part? <laughs> I do teach art, and I love it. I love it. All right. <gasps> that I sounds teach, right. I teach music. Well, honestly, I went, I teach art now. Should I dye my hair in a natural color? And then I went, stop. Don't do that. But maybe Don't. still do that. And so... So Remember anyway, the silver fox look that you had rocking for Showboat? Oh, that was awesome. That's what I got to do. Yes. <laughs> yes. Silver oh, red panda. No. Yes, that's me. Yes. And so, so oh no. Um, that nasty mustache, it has to that's, not ever come back. I don't oh, know why, man. but I feel like I reference oh. that show specifically just the it's five o'clock line way more oh, often all the than time. I should in my See, life. See, I always say there's a lovely little church in Natchez. There's a lovely the little church in Natchez. <laughs> For me, it's the it's five o'clock. And I don't know why, but oh, that just awesome. pops into my head all the time. Anyway, <laughs> all right. But look, well, I'm over there. So I'm, I'm in Baileysville and Oceana which are two places that you've never heard of. There are two schools um, in the middle of nowhere here. You may have heard about Oceana from a documentary called Oxiana, which is uh, about the drug epidemic in West Virginia. That That's my town right. now. Yes, but listen, oh. I love it out here, all right? I'm getting to teach middle school band, choir, art, and music. We handed out band instruments today. And let me tell you, I had a kid open up his instrument case, he said, he said, my mom works at this school, and when I was five years old, she brought me in here, and I saw all those instruments in the instrument lockers, and I wanted to touch them, but I wasn't allowed to, and I've thought about it since then. And so he opened up his saxophone case. He said, these kids don't have a lot of beauty in their lives. He said, he literally went, 
this is the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. And then he said, do we get to play it today? I said, I said, we're going to start Monday. He said, okay, well, I'm just going to look at it again. And he just pulled it out of his case. And it was just oh this gosh. moment, man. It was so awesome where I was like, That's... I was like, look, well, there you go, they, vocal fam. There is your moment had... to think about nothing but beauty. These, these kids have never had a full on band class. Um, they have, I don't think they've had a qualified person with a music degree in 10 years there. And wow. so, I mean, this is the, I'm 45 minutes from the closest Walmart, okay? Like, but somehow, <laughs> so we, we still have Dollar General, guys. Perhaps it, send him Starbucks. And, Dollar General uh, will be there for the zombie apocalypse. Yes, they will. But so, I love it out there. Oh, oh, I'd say over half of, I mean, look, over half of my kids, they've got, all sorts of stuff going on but they're amazing they're amazing and i love them and honestly like you know i think like many of us last year was a weird dark hole and it has been so wonderful these last couple weeks to get to pour into some people's lives and see some see some some stuff you know to see some stuff in them that they don't see in themselves and oh i love it so much speaking of seeing weird speaking of (laughs) seeing things in ourselves that's right vocal fam you guessed it we are here to talk about nothing else than not singing oh yeah (laughs) yeah even though we could tell we could tell stories about sarah's first experience in opera rehearsal today and the wonderful (laughs) I made so as producer, vocal fam. Do you know that I'm producing our stage productions now? I may be the director, but um, so I made them the very first rehearsal. We did. Uh, we're closing our scenes program this fall with a, the, a weekend in the country sequence from a little night music of Sondheim. Hmm. Remember, we did it at WVU one year during your time as a student. Yes, yes. It ends up in that fugue, a weekend in the country, so enchanting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I yes. made them do that as their very first rehearsal 48 hours after getting their scores. <laughs> You're a monster, but yes. also that's kind of awesome. Also, now we're truly back in season one. Michael is eating. eating. I know, I saw that come out and I was like, it's not a pistachio, it's not a pistachio. I have some cashews <laughs> over here. Should I get the cashews no. out? No. Oh, please do. <laughs> uh, no, Vocal Fam, we are here to talk about Shang-Chi, yes. our Shang-Chi review, or, 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 or perhaps Sean-Chi. Oh, God. Sean's cheese Sean. and the Ten Rings. I did love her. Just did you say Sean cheese. <laughs> Sean and his cheese, you know, Sean's uh, cheese and the ten rings. But we just didn't feel we could do this show without Michael for multiple yeah. reasons. Michael, why could we not do this episode without you? So, in case any of our listeners don't know you, oh yeah, did you know that podcasts are audio only? Did you know that I? Did you know that I'm, I'm relieved, Korean, guys? Relieved about that so frequently. Like, I really, really, really hope that there's someone listening out there going, "What?" The whole time. <laughs> <laughs> this whole time he's been Korean. Wow. <laughs> that would be delightful. Right, Actually, me. even in season one, Michael was in fact Korean. Korean. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
So anyway, we just felt like since we have a dear friend of the podcast who is in fact of Asian descent, that we could not do this movie review without him on the podcast. I think he would have tracked us down also and just like that would have been the end of us. I absolutely would have. We've done it without. Uh, okay, well, before we get to, like, perhaps what this film meant to Michael, which I do want to give him a chance to talk about, um, <laughs> let's just sort of start as we normally do. General impressions of the film a- a- as a whole. Um, um, I mean... Oh, go ahead. You go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, I loved it. I thought it was very enjoyable. I think we've all kind of spoken amongst ourselves, and I did find it to generally be kind of predictable... But not in a bad way. And everything they did that was maybe predictable or something that was sort of a familiar trope or something like that, it was very, very, very well done and just spectacular to watch, super enjoyable, just experience-wise. Yeah, that about sums it up. Like, I I thought everything was done incredibly well, and I really enjoyed it. It was everything I expect from a Marvel movie, and that's not a bad thing. You know, yeah, uh, yep. it's uh, it's you're right. I'm not tired of any of these tropes. I'll put it that way. None of it yeah. made me go again. You know, it just I don't know. Yeah, and like an origin story, like there are just things you kind of have to cover in an origin story, and so I'm okay with that. Yep, yep. Did we have a training montage in this movie? Yes. Yes. Yeah, they beat him with sticks. Oh yeah. Okay. So there was the ch- okay. Yes, but I there was no, the like, villain. as an adult training montage. With the ant. Yeah, yes. there was a little yes. bit of okay. the dance. The dance. That was beautiful. Wow. Yes. One of my favorite moments of the entire film. Oh, my gosh. Love that. Mm-hmm. But, and I also love the flashbacks to him doing the same thing with his mom. Yes, yes. I'm glad that they were unafraid. Look, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I don't know why. I'm just a huge fan of when movies have narrators. Like when they're not afraid to go the narration route, then they're not, you know what I mean? There, there's something about that, that it's like, okay, we're telling what is essentially a high fantasy story. I'm so okay with narrators. And I'm kind of glad that a lot of those early, a lot of those flashbacks, I think every flashback scene was narrated at, at least a little bit. And I'm, I'm very okay with that. I think that yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have much else to say about that. I just think I think that it's a good choice. I'm looking for something fantastic and story-like, you know, like a big storybook. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, it helps I mean, those overall, contextually is what I mean. Yeah, I mean, overall, I I I, I agree with you both of you. What everything you've just said, like I thought it was great. Um, j- just from an overall standpoint, um, the visuals continue to really hit hard. Um, yes. Marvel Studios CGI team continues to to really beautiful. make some some beautiful the water the water with the yes. dragon yes um really incredible yes. um but uh, I think that I, the the formulaic thing I think hit me a little harder maybe than it did you guys mm. um like I felt like I felt like there were too many moments where. I felt like I was watching the Asian version of Black Panther. Yes, I felt that too. I'll buy yes. that. That uh, was yeah. my that was my only if I if I was going to make a complaint overall, and I, let me just back it up with some specifics. The baptism where Shang gets drowned. drowned. Yeah, show him who you are. Yes. 
Yeah. Well, the drowning, which is very similar to Chala, to Chala falling in the river, being buried in ice. Shang is buried in water. They come out of that into their own selves. Mm-hmm. That was a bit too close for me. And the show them who you are. What and what does the ant say to him? Like stop avoiding. It's something. Stop avoiding who you. It was something about avoiding your yin and your yang. Like stop avoiding who you came from. Yeah, yeah. It was very similar. Yeah, that part. And I, I, I can definitely get behind that. Um, So yeah. Like it didn't bother me. I'm not even saying it bothered me. Like while I was watching it, like it in no way did it stop me from enjoying it. It was just those two things hit a little too familiar to me. Um. Uh, I don't want I them w- to do that again. That's what I will. Yeah, yeah like this is really, it. Like, don't it need to, I, we yeah, don't need to bury anybody else in water. Right. I was like, noted. Okay. If we have like a Native American drowning <laughs> and coming back, you know, like. Like if She-Hulk gets buried in water in the series. Yes. Like, okay. Yes. It might be too much. We're too Probably. Far. Right. And, and if they say. Don't be afraid to show them your green skin, She-Hulk. <laughs> and I'll be like, like no. we've gone too far. Yes, fear right. not the hulking, She-Hulk. No, you know. Okay, um, favorite character. Wenwu. <laughs> Un- except I don't like how he went. I don't like how he died. Wait, who was your favorite? The villain. Oh, he was my favorite. I missed. I missed when you said his name. He is my favorite too. I didn't love, like the. I. I, I think we probably didn't like a, the the same thing. Like yeah, the death, and then the only other thing that I was like, mm, I didn't super duper love his his go crazy storyline. Just that like he started hearing his wife's voice, and just that just completely drove him over. Like. Yeah, over but, the edge. But I didn't yeah. mind. But, but in, that was the evil force behind the wall. I mean, but yeah, overall, and I think, he was my favorite. I think maybe you know, maybe I'll backtrack. I think that was my favorite actor. I think I'll yeah. put it Tony that way. Tony Lung is an Asian legend. I think maybe that's really what I'm feeling. He was the he was far and away the best actor on the screen. Um, so I think that that's part of what's skewing me that direction. When his character had a lot of depth behind it. Someone who's been alive yes. for that long, who did legit, like, just wanted power. You see in that moment where he's, like, first meets the mom, sort of. It, I don't... I think all it was was that he had met his match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just... I thought that was so interesting. The line that they used uh, in the narration at the beginning would say, he could have used their power for good. He good. could have used the power right. of the rings for good, but he didn't. But it, it sets it up so good. You yeah. know? I and I even that love that, like, at the end, like, just the true villain, like, he was totally gonna okay with killing his son. Like, mm-hmm. I like that they were willing to, like, go there. That he just was yeah. like, fine, like, if you're gonna stand in my way, then, like, well, you can just die, I guess. I mean, it's I guess it's possible that he had had sons before that. Possible. It is. We don't know that possible. for yeah. sure. I mean, right. We know that. Years. 
We know that loved... we know that his wife was the first he fell in love with. You know yes. the Shang-Chi's mom the, was the first he fell in love with. What made him so. take the bracelets off? But we don't mm-hmm. know that he didn't have other kids. Like, yeah, right. yeah, I buy that. And he was obviously I also loved like how intelligent he was. Like he's obviously incredibly powerful because of them, but like honestly like, his biggest thing is almost like his brain how cunning he is being on the forefront but then like as he realizes like okay well i'm immortal i'm gonna need to be a behind the scenes kind of power guy i don't Mm -hmm. need to be on the forefront of every history book let's also just admit that his imdb page is humongous (laughs) yes 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 um okay i'm gonna go back to mine sorry and and it's interesting that none of us are actually going with simu because i think his performance is great he's wonderful like oh, I think his great. performance as Shang is great. Like it's, yeah. and I look forward to him having more opportunities in the MCU. Absolutely. Like I love him, and 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 I I think he's I think he's a great actor, um, and yeah. a really cool physical actor too. Like because he's very he in did. shape. Most, and he can. He did a lot of that stuff, right? Like the yes, busting, he does a lot of his own right? stunts. Awesome. Like you know whatever. But I just Michelle Yeoh, like she is awesome. Was she the aunt? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love her on Disco. Like, she's my favorite character on Star Trek Discovery. Like, I just think she is just... Um, most people Sarah, know her from, I think, right now, from Crazy, from Crazy Rich, Rich Asians. Asians. Yeah. She's, Sarah, also she in crouching, she's also in Crouching Tiger. I mean, she's she the one on Wendy Wu, Homecoming Warrior? Or was that the grandmother? That's the grandmother. That's the grandmother, <laughs> I, that I, I will Millennials say, just, out there. Yeah. if y'all ever watched Wendy Wu Homecoming Warrior as a child, like I did, and that was like, funnily enough, one of my favorite Disney Channel original movies, the grandmother from Wendy Wu Homecoming Warrior <laughs> is Katie's grandmother in this movie. And I was like, no, wait a second. What's yeah. happening? I really hope she comes out and starts doing Kung Fu. Like that would have taken it to just the next level. <laughs> While we're um, talking about actors, I do yeah. want to say... This was my favorite performance that Aquafina has ever had. Same. Because, you know, it's not like I've disliked her before. I said this to these guys uh, as we were talking amongst ourselves. She's a comedian. And most right. movies that she's been in, uh, they've asked her to come and be a comedian, essentially a stand up comedian in a movie. And yes. so her character, it's kind of like all the Will Ferrell movies, they're all the same. All of her roles were the same. This right. movie, because Trevor Slattery was somehow in this film for a large portion of this film. Like a very large like role. Like a very big, might have seen him more in this than his original than role as a man. Three. Like, yeah, how this is he a was, character? This was not a cameo. No, no, not at all. Like Ben Kingsley is straight up in the movie. I know, I'm like, how did they make that choice? Anyways, the fact that he was in this movie as the crazy weirdo, it allowed her character to grow and have depth. And obviously they've set her up to be an ongoing person in this movie. You know, she goes through the sling ring portal with Shang-Chi, you know? I'm interested to see, like, how does that develop? Do we see more archery with her? Or, like, I mean, She did shoot the beast. So that was one of those predictable predictable moments that I was a little, like, annoyed by, actually, when she shot the, like... The perfect, like yeah. the the her trainer has just died, and she has Guam to make Bo the shot. is dead, and now she has to make the shot. Like uh, you that know, was my five, five has to resolve the one, and it feels good. Yeah, and there's a reason we do it. 
it worked. Like, there's a reason. It's fine. But I did have a moment of like, are you are you for real? Like, this this is what we're doing here. This is it. Right. This is our She's choice. She's been learning archery for two hours. <laughs> and she's Maybe. mastered it. Maybe. Right. I think there was like two days in there, guys. Maybe, maybe. Maybe, maybe. I, I loved Trevor playing dead. That, oh, for yes, sure. Yes, it's just a performance. Honestly, I loved his character in this so much, like more than I would have anticipated. Like if you had told me in advance, hey, the guy that played the Mandarin, he's going to be in that movie a lot. I would have been like, are you, why, why? But I loved it. Well, Let's- I liked that we finally established that really Wen Wu is the Mandarin from the MCU. Yes, yeah. but also that he hates the name the Mandarin. Right. Yes. I loved the, because those of you who don't know, um, it's worth researching. Um, Shang-Chi and the Mandarin and that whole storyline is horribly racist in the early MC in the early Marvel comics. Marvel comics. In the early Marvel comics, they were uh, they were a uh, there was an original character literally named Fu Manchu. That was another name for the Mandarin. Fu Manchu. Yes, a real thing. Fu Manchu, also known as the Mandarin, which is like which, as they called it in the movie, this is a chicken dish. You know, it's like they've taken those things, and I love the way that they kind of went. We're going to throw that appropriation in with the way we weirdly appropriated it with a white person in Iron Man 3. Yes, weird choice. Here it is, for real. With a Chinese actor, a really good Chinese actor. Really good. All right? Who speaks a lot. They spoke so much Chinese in this movie. Okay, I wanted to talk about that as a point. That was one of my favorite things about this movie was how much of it was subtitled Chinese. I liked that. I loved it. I almost wish there would have even been more of it. It surprised me that the Talo scenes weren't Chinese. That was weird to me. I agree. an interesting point. I agree 100%. I noticed it. It, That was was weird enough that I noticed it. I mean, Aquafina would have been lost if they, like, Aquafina's character would have been totally lost if they had gone that route. But you know what it made me think about, though? Remember how we talked about how much we loved Black Panther because we felt like it was finally representing non-colonialized Africa, like African diaspora? Mm -hmm. It made me long and wish that much of Black Panther had been in an African dialect subtitled. Well, especially some of the very specific scenes, like the ritualistic scenes with like right. the, the fighting and, and, and the competition because and the... You could certainly rationalize that they had moved to English as a nation. I don't know. Right. Or, even the, or even the backstory at the beginning. Yeah. Like the backstory. Yeah, like it made me, cool. it kind of made me aware, oh, it might have actually been nice had they done that in Black Panther. Yes. Like, that's not to discredit Black Panther. Black Panther is incredible. It's an incredible film. Whatever. But but I appreciated, just like you said, Michael, how much Chinese there was in this movie. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I thought that was wonderful. I, is it time to talk about Kung Fu yet? Yes. Can we talk a little bit about the, okay, so Vocal Fam, if you've never watched any Kung Fu movie, have you ever watched any Kung Fu movies, Vocal Fam? Does Wendy have you Wu actually Homecoming watch- Warrior count? Wendy Wu Homecoming Warrior? I don't know. It's long <laughs> See, now you're making me want to go back and be like, is this secretly the lost great Kung Fu film? I, doubt <laughs> I, think, I think you might actually be able to say, does Kung Fu Panda count? I like Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda has more jump, has more cuts than it should. Right. Um, 
so history brief, brief history lesson y'all uh kung fu movies this is really really cool i think um so jackie chan bruce lee these guys all right these Chinese, Notice he these didn't Chinese... say Chuck Norris, vocal fam. He didn't say Chuck no. Norris or Look. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Moving on. Oh, man. But, they, <laughs> but look, <laughs> exactly. these early, these, exactly. early Chine, these Chinese kung fu movies, you got to understand, these were the first non-Hollywood Eastern films that really competed with Hollywood. Here's the thing. They didn't have any budget. They didn't have any money for effects. They didn't have It was that like many... original generation Doctor Who. They didn't even have that many cameras. So, you know, <laughs> where instead of being able to cut back and forth, like today, action films, they just have 5,000 cameras and they just cut, 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 cut. And they have a million years to film the scenes. These guys, they didn't have that. You know what they decided instead? They said, we're going to put on the best action sequences you've ever seen in your entire life. So these guys committed themselves to just basically breaking their bodies into a million tiny pieces and doing these single take or couple of take kind of locked off shots where they're just doing the most intense action. I'm pretty sure that we will never see intensity of action on film the way that we did for those movies. Probably like because Bruce Lee films. No, because partly because uh, because the labor laws are different. Um, you know, like union rules are different. That's a big thing. Like these guys were not good to their bodies. Yeah, let's that just say that, that, that Screen Actors Guild is not permitting Simu to actually do a literal fight. Right. These guys, I mean, some of those fights, these guys were known for hitting hard. They would pull their punches sometimes, but some of them were really known for hitting hard. Uh, actually, I, I want to plug this. There was a there's a channel I've really gotten into called uh, Corridor, Corridor Digital. They've got a thing called VFX Artists React and Stuntmen React. And they've done an excellent job breaking down Marvel Cinematic VFX, um, which I'm sure they'll do something on this movie. But they've also done a really good job talking about um, like classic kung fu movies and this kind of stuff. And so if you want to go find that, go look for Corridor Stuntmen React. They have some of the best explanations out there. They have some of the top stunt people in the world. Like They have the two guys who, who were the stuntmen for Black Panther on talking about Ooh. black panther it's so really they, cool they can actually break it down not bus guy from shang chi exactly they can, exactly because <laughs> that would be me if i was like yeah, you know i was I, a I yellow took... belt so i'm gonna break yeah. the fight down <laughs> but their Love stuff that. is mm -hmm. wonderful worth watching uh and honestly one of the things that they talk about is how they they noticed even in the trailer to shang chi how there are all of these great references to different classic kung fu movie kind of subgenres one of which was very uh naturistic fantastical and used so it was really known for the wire flying okay so the early stuff so the stuff with uh with wen wu and shang chi's mom where they're in nature and she's basically flying that's yeah. a specific reference to an early kung fu movie genre there, there's a bunch of movies that fit that mold and you go there's crouching that. tiger now yes. now we know that for that mold from Crouching Tiger, the wire yes. fighting. Yes, 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 yes. And it's just I mean, even the fact that she's immortal and godlike or you know, like or has the magical powers, that kind of thing, from another world, that's very much reminiscent of that other genre. And so cool. I love that they did that. The way that the shots they're flat, like the Kung Fu shots, they're the fighting scenes, they're flat, straightforward, like kind of locked off shots. 
Now, they still do more cuts than a kung fu movie would, but there's so many scenes where for maybe 10 or 15 whole seconds, it's a flat, unmoving camera where two people are facing each other in a way that you would probably think of on like the Mortal Kombat video game. Right. That That is classic kung fu movies. That is actually where that video game format came from. So really the fact like that they've that. referenced that is a huge deal. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up specifically thinking about I'm thinking about the final confrontation because right when when we right before his soul is sucked out or however yeah, we would describe right. it exactly that's a long shot on his face yes like like straight on his face mm -hmm. and the same thing then is reflected on Shang-Chi's face on the shot on Simu right before he does the big move yes that's a yes. long shot yes yes like it was like multiple seconds that the camera did not move yes and that i think i don't know that i don't even i don't know who had the thought to do that but i think that the idea of the shaky camera with a bunch of cuts and when you think like that image of that version of action that's a distinctly like 90s hollywood idea which honestly, I've never been a huge fan of. It makes me like motion sick. So oh, me too. I very much prefer the like, hey, let's just show this for what it is. Unlike every Michael Bay movie, which is basically people running fast in slow motion <laughs> with an explosion behind them. <laughs> I just yes. described every single Michael Bay movie in the history of Michael Bay movies, which are nineties. If you make movies. if you make them even slower, if you make them in super slow motion. But in IMAX version, they're Zack Snyder films. <laughs> in sepia tones. In sepia yeah. tones. It can't yeah. actually be full color. <laughs> in sepia tones. Yeah. Um, uh, can we talk a little bit about the sister? We've not talked about the sister at all. Yes. And yes. I loved her performance. Oh, she, she was, was wonderful. phenomenal. She was a great What actress. do we think about her taking over the Ten Rings at the end, though? So that Ooh. was another predictable moment to me. Like, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't upset. I'm not upset about it. I'm not upset. It totally makes sense for her character. And in fact, like, it almost would... It probably would have annoyed me if they had just had her magically be like, oh, now I'm a happy good guy. I'm gonna go... Like, I kind of like that she's sort of a what oh what is it not lawful not chaotic she's she's kind she's of she's true she's neutral neutral even i'm not even sure she's neutral but she's i know what you mean but you know what i mean like yes. she, she's kind of a i wouldn't say she's a bad guy i wouldn't say she's a villain per se but she's not she's good. very troubled she's great i'd like to know if yeah. she and sharon carter are going to establish some sort of underground Oh, that would or be cool. Or even the Countess. That would be cool. I like we, all of a sudden, we have a whole bunch of women, ambiguous, yeah. power-brokering people yeah. kind yes. of running the domestic world. That would be cool. Yes. yes. That would be cool. Yes. It seems like there, there's, there might be something there. It that seems, that seem, now that you mention it, they have really pushed that kind of idea there's all they have this whole cast now, or, you know, where they have we these... have the Countess, we have Sharon Carter, and now we have. I'm sorry, what's 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 what's, what's, what's the sister's uh, name? Shelley. Shelley. No. So I mean, no. yeah, Shelling. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, could be interesting. Her running the Ten Rings, 
I mean, you know, maybe the Countess running, maybe the Thunderbolts or whatever, the Dark Avengers, whatever they're going to call them. I mean, yes. could yeah. be some interesting things going that on domestically cool. there. I hey, could, speaking I, of that, can I can I talk about a point about this movie that I did not expect? Something that I loved, but that I did not expect. We basically establish in the post credit scene, the mid credit scene, I should say, that the Ten Rings are not from Earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was not prepared for the concept of Shang-Chi to be... We've been talking about this duality of are, are, are movies going to be domestic or are they going to be in, in space? Yeah, galactic. You know, right, galactic. Right, right. And all of a sudden, at the end of this movie, we have... Shang-Chi might be galactic. We have Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi talking space. to who? <laughs> None other than Carol Danvers. Right, right. You know, um, like... All of a sudden, like that whole idea kind of got upended for me a little bit. I was like, "Oh my gosh, is this?" Yeah. Well, they also I felt like ended up because you know I feel like so often they they show you just how powerful people are like comparatively, and I felt like that end scene fighting the giant soul sucker thing, a galactic villain of sorts, was kind of a show that he is not a person versus person fighter he is a like if we think just how powerful if we think well, not, of the next generation of avengers shang chi is he's pretty well, powerful. i mean let's be real here he was on a phone he was on a video call with the hulk and carol danvers i think that's and a wong. real reference and wong can and we just wong. talk about wong for a minute oh, wong my, is the best gosh. i love i love uh, listen Every scene with Wong in it. Every I just listen. I could Wait, do like with a can whole. Can we talk about Wong Disney karaoke? Of Wong. Love yes! Wong karaoke. Oh my god! I loved it at the end. They went back to the karaoke bar. That so same great. bar. I love it's the same with bar. Wong. It's really yes, yes. Speaking oh of gosh. the karaoke bar and stuff, Michael, I'd be interested to know kind of what you thought. What did you think about sort of the portrayal of Katie and? I'll call him Sean because I feel like this is the version of himself that was portrayed at the beginning. Sort of the concept of a young millennial type that went to like these top tier schools and then are working as valets. Like I felt like, I don't know, I felt like that was such a encapsulation of I feel like how many of so many millennials feel. Yes, I would agree with that. I would agree with that absolutely I think that that's very much the millennial like especially the things that they say to themselves yeah kind of like 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 like, no you gotta do what you love you gotta I love this it's like like, I'm not ready to adult or oh I get really good at stuff and then I just stop well I'm actually glad you guys brought this up because that was something I had picked up on and I mean you're 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 the two resident millennials here but it was something that I picked up on was that I think if I'm unless I'm just forgetting about someone that Shang-Chi is sort of our first millennial Avenger? I think so maybe is let me think I mean Bucky's 110 right yeah, he didn't really count uh, because Cap that's... Steve whatever Park, I mean P- Peter Parker's a Z P- oh, okay Peter Parker what about Wanda? Wanda's a millennial. Or is is Peter Parker so young he's Gen might Z? Might be Gen Z. Peter Parker's a Gen I'm, Z. Technically, I'm like borderline millennial Gen Z. Wanda's actually. my age. No, no she's, she's not. not. 
In no, in Age of okay. Ultron, in real life, she's, she's like, <laughs> yeah, maybe okay. in real life, but in the movie, but she's in like one, in her but 20s, in, late yeah, 20s. Yeah, because in okay, in in Age of Ultron, they establish that she's like 20 something, that she's early 20s, gotcha, like late, maybe so, late teens, early 20s. But I don't know if so. Wanda counts as a true millennial given that she grew up as an orphan, and was like, like so she's a millennial, Wanda's... but she doesn't have the cultural impact True. of that. She yes. also stayed emo. And I don't think... I was about to say, Wanda yeah. stayed emo. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, she did stay. Yes. Look, I had, um, y'all, I had a student today who, she was like, oh, we've been doing a thing where we've been talking about elements of music based on the songs that they like. And this girl, I said, what song do you, what, what's the song that you like? And she went, I don't know what the other kids will want to listen to. And I was like, <laughs> what do you, what do you like? And she went, I don't know. I'm afraid cause, because all the, the other kids want to listen to Morgan Wallen. Um, and so I was like, finally, she went, I don't know, maybe a song by by My Chemical Romance. And I was like, tell me the song, child. <laughs> and then she went, and then and then she then she went, I don't know. I guess I love the black girl. And then I I turned the song on, and the girl put her head in her hoodie because she was so embarrassed because she didn't want people to see. Because she's super emo and she didn't I, want people, to, and she she's embarrassed. But I was like, I Listen. wish people could see the hand motions and stuff you were making just now because that is exactly I'm sure what was happening fully well because here's the thing because I am a recovering emo that is becoming more emo every day I teach at a middle school and so I'm like the Lorax I speak for the nerds and so um I uh, and so this girl and so I literally looked at the kids and said, I, said, I looked at the kids maybe there's an overstatement but I said I said I said if you play this song for anyone over 20 they will know it. You play the first note, they'll know it. This is one of the most important pieces of music to come out of the last 20 years, and I love it. And then the class ended, and I was like, that is right, child. I am well, here for you. Going back to the millennial... The emo, point, sorry. <laughs> the point I was going to make about it is I thought to myself, well, if a millennial American, Asian American in this case, or whatever, was became a superhero... After it, they would go back to the bar and tell their friends about their crazy story. Like yes, it was absolutely. happening just like it would, right? Yes. <clears throat> like, Sarah, well, and- if you all of a sudden could fly and were in- indestructible, that would be amazing. and Michael, you had could turn into a Hulk, yeah. at the end, you'd come back on the podcast and be like, so then we actually went and fought this demon from another dimension. and <laughs> That was crazy. <laughs> They tried to get me, but then they didn't. I got really hungry. No one brought me snacks. (laughs) Nobody had any snacks. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. I also think they did a great job of capturing the Asian... There's an Asian-American self-loathing. It's like a thing. It's like a... I find it to be a... like It's a millennial thing, but especially an Asian-American thing. There's this kind of like... You hear it on like all the David Chang stuff, you know? This kind of vague kind of like self-loathing thing that's going on um and i'm like i'm like they caught that real good i think you know because everyone's like, parents are holding them to such a high standard and they're like uh, well you know, it's the ex-gifted kid thing too like you see all the it memes about that. like if you used to be a gifted kid and then you get older and you like once you get through school all of a sudden <clears throat> nobody cares right right and, it is like that and you're left yes. just kind of lost and like why did i not do fun things when I was in school. Yes, yes. I felt like it addressed that really well. <clears throat> I think so. Nothing I've ever. I certainly didn't feel like. Certainly hypothetical, I, right? Yeah, Sarah? totally hypothetical. Didn't identify with any of that. <laughs> but on a uh, 
back to just for a second to the mid credit scene. Can yeah. we talk about the fact that Banner was Banner? I thought that was interesting. Yes. I thought Professor Hulk was just like a thing now. Well, because that was I thought was that that was the point at the time. I mean, yeah, but, but also... I mean, but if ba- but in the comics, Banner evolves to the point where he can control it. Ooh. Did y'all notice that Carol Danvers had grown? Like, I thought it was interesting she had grown her hair back out. In Endgame, yeah. we have pixie cut, very much a statement hair and in this we're back to very much the I've just become Captain Marvel hair that is interesting I think Carol Danvers is incredible so I mean I don't know like you should cut her hair out if she want no, no. <laughs> it but is like, interesting I have no comment it on it makes her hair. it interesting because also like to grow your hair that long like how long after the blip are we it takes a while to grow your hair from pixie cut to shoulder length so this is an interesting point is did we is this the first project since Endgame that actually in in its own way did not address the blip? I thought there were posters and stuff. There were posters, but it didn't like deeply missed, address the blip. It's because it, I feel like for so many projects now we've been like directly addressing. And I think somebody made a reference to like, didn't we just learn that half the universe can be like somebody? Oh yeah, Aquafina. they did say that. That's right. Katie, makes a reference, Katie said that. That's and there right. are a few like right at the beginning. There's some posters and stuff. Like it's not PTSD. It was like PTBD, post traumatic blip disorder or something. Yeah, like it was that. something like that. Yeah, and, and like details. Like there were very few though. It was very minimal, very understated. But I did like the inclusion because. Isn't that how life would be? Like, really? It brings continuity to the world. Yeah. Yeah. That would impact. I I would not have any idea what that would be like. Um, (laughs) So, it would be remarkable. Would it also be? Anyway. (laughs) All right. Before we get lost on that. um, Okay. So, let's talk about the Ten Rings themselves. At this point, what do we know? They seem to have a little thing. Well, that's they're not. Yeah, vibranium. it seemed like they. They're not, yeah, vibranium. they're not vibranium. Not vibranium. They're from somewhere else. They're older than a thousand years old. Yeah. And they appear to not be of Earth. I think it's they're more than four thousand year years old because he's four thousand. Yes. Yeah, they were sending out a homing beacon. Um, they didn't match anything in the codex of Doctor Strange and the in the and the Sanctum. Which yeah. says to me that maybe these are older than Kamertage. Was anyone curious, speaking of, like, where is Doctor Strange during these events? Like, don't you think he would be investigating this a little bit? Is he currently, like, did he go, did his hubris have him go take something on that was a little too big? And that's how we end up with weird Doctor Strange who might not be Doctor Strange and Spider-Man? That's my little, like, Yeah, let's theory. just, yeah, yeah, but Doctor anyway. Strange... Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, it's like okay, we know in real life that it's just like we couldn't afford to also put Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch, in this movie. yeah, yes, yeah, you yes. know, because we would have had to pay him twenty million dollars to be in For ten like seconds, seconds in this movie. Right. So you got Wong, and you're not going to complain. No one's complaining about that. No, you it know, was amazing. I and you got it. Banner. Right. You got Banner. You got Wong. You got Carol Danvers. Come on. Okay. And, and so that scene so, cost them seventy million dollars. And Trevor Slattery. <laughs> yep. Right. And it's like, okay, so you got those people, but but in story, it 
we did just get that super dark what if episode. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like what, what on earth? We'll talk. I don't know if you want to get into all that right now, but just that episode but the rings, was so sorry. intense. Just, I didn't mean what to are run the rings? off yeah. of the rings. Did y'all no, feel it like, like it was almost like the rings like switched loyalties when um, Shang-Chi and his dad are fighting? Because like all, he takes over five of them and then he takes them all. It seemed as if the, the people of Talo had a better connection to their surroundings almost like a relationship of coexisting with natural phenomena like with nature mm. and it seemed to me almost that he had forged a relationship with them maybe they changed loyalty but it almost seemed like they were something of some kind of nature and that they had like he used similar to his the way his his aunt had yes yeah, I could, I buy that. I like that they changed colors when they changed owners. Yeah, and that like his color was a warmer, a warmer color where his dad's yeah. like that blue. It's so electric, so raw, so cold. Yeah, I would like more explanation on Talo and the yeah. power that comes from Talo. Agreed. Did did I hear correctly when she said that not just that they used to, but that they currently have many larger cities in Talo. I thought I heard that they still had large cities. That was the impression okay. I got too. Yeah, but because they, I remembered what you're talking about. But didn't she then say that that beast thing... Ate everybody. Ate said, all those cities? She said that he decimated them, which and, doesn't necessarily but the, mean the, totally... But that they were trapped behind the portal. The cities were trapped behind the portal? Yes, the rest oh, of their existence sure was oh. trapped behind that. That all that remained was what was on the other side of the gate. Oh, I didn't catch that. I didn't that maybe I misunderstood it way that. Way darker. I need to go I, back and rewatch this movie. I was going to say, I need horrible. a little more... I, I, maybe, I, maybe I misremember. I might be misremembering. I both love that I don't see. have very much. Yeah, I want more information, but I also love how vague it is right now because it leaves some mystery and I like mm -hmm. when there's mystery. We don't have enough of that anymore in this pop culture world. I like that. I really enjoy things. that. Yes. Yeah, yes. I like Me it. Too. I like it. Um I mean I was glad that it didn't wasn't really a huge hugely leaked that Ben Kingsley was in that much of the movie. Yeah, I didn't I know mean, he was in that much of the movie. Yeah. Um so, I would have been anyway, frustrated to hear that ahead of time, actually. So Sorry. I would like to know, Michael, from your point of view, so, you know, obviously as someone who has lived an Asian-American experience, what did this movie say to you or mean to you or that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, first I want to say that I have not lived the Asian American experience. Sure. I have lived an Asian American experience. And even with that, uh, I was, so I was adopted by uh, a white American family as an infant, which means that even though I kind of secondhand understand some Asian family dynamics, I, that's not something I ever grew up personally experiencing. That's yeah. That's that, that part of it. You know, I, I have a family from West Virginia, you know, that they're, they're my family's from Southern West Virginia. They're, they're, they're definitely not from China. They're not from Korea. 
there. And so, so that part, I can't speak to that part. What I can say is that this movie, I felt uniquely celebrated. Um, I'll tell you the part that there's two parts that actually really touched me deeply. And it's, well, I'll actually start, I'll start back here on this. I remember when the first trailer came out, how surprised I was at how emotional I got at seeing this trailer because uh, how does this, I've never experienced what I would refer to as like direct outright racism. So I, in a lot of ways, I feel like I live my life saying, well, well, rate, my race doesn't affect me. Stuff doesn't affect, you know, that, that kind of thing. It doesn't matter. Um, but there, there, there is some all the time, just, just little bits of stuff. And even some of it's just all, honestly, constantly feeling like you have to kind of translate yourself to the world and convince people, Hey, I am actually like you. That that's a weird thing. So to see this trailer and, and to go, I, it just hit me all once. I was like, I was like, I think I've waited my entire life to see this movie because I always tell this story when I was when I was a kid um, I remember it was that time in middle school where all the it was cool for boys to wear pink shirts the pink polo shirts that was the thing yeah. and you wore two the, of like, them really slightly white, different colors ones. oh my gosh oh, the, the really horrible ones <laughs> it was awful it was oh, awful geez. and I really wanted to do it because I was a middle school boy and so those colors looked really bad on my skin tone and this was a really traumatic event for me as a kid i went will i this is so middle school but i also went will i ever be cool maybe i'm ugly and i just absorbed this message that i was an extremely ugly person for years now i know that i i am as beautiful as i like to be i can dance <laughs> i didn't mean to like start almost laughing but all of a sudden i just hear michael I'm as beautiful as I'm ever going to be, and I can dance. That's, my, that's a that's Songs for a New World mantra. reference, Vocal Fam. That is a reference back to when they did Songs for a New World in graduate school. Anyway. I, that's, my, that's, my pre -show, that's my pre show mantra, guys. Uh, and so, that's my but, life but mantra so, now. <laughs> to see them portray an Asian American character not as a token, not as definitely not as the butt of a joke, not as, look at how smart he is. Cause you gotta understand, growing up, I intentionally got bad grades on some things just to prove to my friends that it wasn't because I was Asian, right? Mm -hmm. I intentionally failed some stuff and didn't do my homework sometimes. Sometimes I didn't do my homework because I was a bad student, legitimately sometimes because <laughs> I was a mess. But other times, um, I would never comment on Michael maybe not practicing for a voice lesson for three straight years. Anyway, so. <laughs> but honestly, in all seriousness, that's a life pattern in college that I learned from middle school and high school. I was a bad student in college because I felt like if I was a good student in middle school and high school, they would tell me it was because I was Korean, not because I was hardworking or brilliant, which I am. And this movie meant so much to me. I, I took a picture of the, I saw on the stand of the Entertainment Weekly came um, on the newsstand and my grandmother used to buy Entertainment Weekly. Every, it got delivered to her house every single week and all the people were in it, you know, all the friends from Friends were on the cover, that whole, that, all of that, you know. All oh, the very 1997. You know, all that stuff. 
and it shocked me. It, it hit me so deep to see uh, Simu Liu on the on the cover of Entertainment Weekly, not portrayed in some Asian garb, not portrayed in some exotic, weird way, not portrayed as like, look at how smart and look at how Asian he is. It was just, it was honestly, look at this person. Isn't he attractive just like all the other people we put on the cover of this magazine? And like, I know that that's weird, but that, that it, it mattered to me. Because uh, it went, it made me go, huh? His nose is shaped like mine is. His eyes are shaped like mine are. His abs are not shaped like any of ours. His abs are not shaped like any of us. But because you know his what? abs are pretty incredible. <laughs> Dude's got some abs. Right, literally, literally, I was like, I was like, wow. They, they, they still, they still gave him his, uh, his MCU. I, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure it's mandatory in the contract. This is your first MCU film. You must take your shirt off for this many seconds. He goes into the like <laughs> fighting ring. Take your shirt off. Well, Chris Evans is out, so they had to replace his abs with some. Yes. Well, and so even to go, even to go. Look, <laughs> this is kind of funny, but it's like you don't understand, like as an adopted Asian person, how weird it is to feel disconnected from everything. I, I'm not Asian enough for the Asian people. Like the Asian people in college called me a banana because I'm what? white on the inside. Yes, oh, in undergrad. Oh, I've heard the um, term Twinkie. Yes, that was it too, Twinkie or banana. You know, the white people went, you're my Asian friend. And so I felt like I didn't fit anywhere. And so it was just like, oh, it just feels so weird all the time. So to be, in the, so to be here watching this movie and watching this person navigate kind of two worlds and two sides of who they are, all this stuff, you know, to, to, to see all of that. Oh man, that really touched me. And so you gotta understand part of that, growing up, like this sounds weird and lame. Maybe it doesn't sound weird and lame, but to me, it, it feels sounds weird and lame. I would like buy Asian looking stuff because it was the little tiny knickknacks that I had that made me feel like an Asian person. You know, the shirt with the Japanese logo on it. I'm Korean, but there was no Korean logos in 1997 yeah. or 2005. At least not so, that you could buy in like Tennessee. <laughs> exactly. So, so that's, you know, so I was the kid with the stereotypical dragon t-shirt on because I thought it was cool because it made me feel like it was something that was from home, a home I've never seen. And so to the end of the movie, when they're in Talo, and all these creatures are around and they see the like it's so it's such a weird thing to to be emotional about but it's like i'm sitting there all at once watching looking these these dra the the big the big dragon their great protector mm -hmm. flying around and i went giant cats went, yes and the giant cats i was like i was like you know what these aren't on a discount t-shirt and they're not on the wall of a Chinese restaurant they're not you know they're not in a strip mall somewhere they're on the best movie in the world the and movie that's bringing people back to movie theaters yeah yes they're and they're on they're on the they're on a they're being treated with the budget that that the heritage and the culture and the art deserves yeah yeah you know it's not it's not you know like like Game of Thrones is very Western. It's beautiful. The budget, it, you know what I mean? The budget that goes along with that art style, um, that, like, you know, the budget they put into that says they value it. 
And honestly, I, I know it sounds weird, but that's what hit, it hit me really deep to look and go, this is, this is that, this is a distinctly East Asian art style that they're representing at the highest possible budget level. That it, that that matters to me. Yeah, this film was um, not cheap to make. No, <laughs> sure it wasn't. It was, it was beautiful. I did go. Some of these are straight up Pokemon. <laughs> I thought that. But, <laughs> I was watching. I was like, I turned right, to Jim. The was white like, nine-tailed fox. I was like, Jimmy, it's a Volpix. <laughs> I'm gonna pretend is. like I know what you're talking about. It is at this the thing. Point of the it was a little white fox thing with all the tails. Mm. It's I the, did well, start it's playing Pokemon Go again because of this. Jamie and I, now that we've moved back, we're like, so do we have to start playing Pokemon Go again? Because I feel like we have to. You and there must. were so many oh. of those characters, I was like, that's basically a Pokemon. It's literally, well, it's because those, it's because Did the Pokemon Disney buy are based, Pokemon? No, the Pokemon are based on Asian folktales. And so Ninetales oh. is, is a, Ninetales is based on a Ninetales fox, which is a, um, it's a Japanese spirit folk, folk that's really animal cool. thing. Yeah. And so... Um, and if I remember correctly, those cats are um, the big weird cat things are what oh, Chinese people like thought lions looked like. I was gonna say I thought they were lions, but I liked them. They were cool. Yes, they were what like because because there's all these folk tales about tigers and lion about lions specifically. The, like um, in the horse things, there's a like a mount on Wow that's identical to those. Yes, and so uh, I'll say this too: that that big last, you know, the big final scene when he was, mm -hmm. you know, the really long like anime finale scene where he's flying through the sky to yes. do his super kamehameha superpower move. <laughs> Literally, like all we need is a badly translated name of a superpower that he cro that he calls out in the sky. Ultimate yeah. superpower, ten ring finisher. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie made me watch a few different like old like anime like Dragon Ball Z Yu-Gi-Oh type uh, shows and yes. one of them the, whichever one has the spirit bomb he made me watch oh, that oh that's Dragon Ball Z yeah and that was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life that show like, is exceptionally hard to watch in 2021 it really it is, was there's so much filler but it's great anyways that scene I went I went wow from this day forward, there will never be an Asian kid who looks around wondering where the superhero that looks like them is. Yeah. And Absolutely. and then and then I laughed a little bit. Maybe this I don't know. I'm going to say this. Um, I laughed a little bit because growing up, I wanted to be Spider Man, and also you Batman. Can still be Spider Man. Yes, I can. Batman. And honestly. It, it made me laugh a little bit because I was like, I was like, I was like, now there's going to be a bunch of little boys from West Virginia, from Southern West Virginia, who want to be Shang Chi, Shang Chi, with his ten rings. And I went, you know what? That's awesome. And I really hope that no one comes out and says you're not allowed to be Shang Chi. I'm like, nope. You, you West, Southern West Virginia hick boy, you be you. Do it. You be Shang Chi now. You do that. Yep. You paint that big old dragon on your arm. I'm all about it. <laughs> I'm all about that. Uh, that that mattered to me. Um, and then the very last thing I'll say is this. Again, Asian American, it was like this movie was made for me because growing up, there were two, there was there there, there were two bands that my dad would play for me. My white dad from West Virginia would play for me growing up in the car driving. 
One of them was Bruce Springsteen, the greatest queen. rock and roll musician of all time. And the other, a queen, but also, no, I said Bruce Springsteen. Um, oh. But the other one, but the other one was the Eagles. One of my earliest memories was driving down the road, singing to Hotel California with my uh -huh. dad. And so it was a poignant moment for me at the end of this, you know, or especially when she starts singing Hotel California to the, uh, to the, when she's uh, the, fighting, the she's, enemy. Yes. Just the confusion, yes. just like go for confusion. Yes. That, that seems honestly, like something it, you would do, Sarah. It is. <laughs> Completely. I've definitely. I thought that I when we were watching the movie, I thought this is what Sarah would before. do in this moment. Yes. Right, in a fight. Yes. With, On a dark desert highway. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> And so. But yeah, I mean, so I know, that moment was just weird. I was like, I was like, is, some, is someone spying on me? Because this is my childhood right here. This is my life. And so, it's great. you know, yeah, the, it wasn't a perfect movie, but it was perfect for me. It was yeah. great. It was, oh, a, great it was a great movie. film. It was a great film. It was great. Um, okay. So uh, this has been awesome. Sarah, what'd you have for breakfast? I had Chick-fil-A. It was good. Beautiful. It was good. We don't have any food in our house. I need to go. Sarah bought a house on Wednesday, everybody. Bought a house. Woohoo! Woo that was a thing. It was a thing. Love well, it. Sarah and her husband bought a house. Yeah. I mean, it was exciting. But, uh, oh, yeah. Exciting. No, they would not have just sold me a house. Pretty exciting <laughs> okay. stuff, nonetheless. Then she had to yes. run. Then she, then she was in an opera rehearsal. That was a. Things. Doing things. <sighs> well, listen, Vocal Fam, we're all back to teaching. Um,. It is September is upon us, and uh, right. it is season five is here upon us with the vocal fam. How about our first two episodes this season, Tyrone and, and Ken Bozeman? I mean, it's been uh, quite the opener of the of season five. It really has. What a year. What, what, what a time. What a time to be alive. Uh, join us next week. Uh, is next week just you and me? Um, I think next week. I think is, it is, because think, we were talking about something potentially for next week. All right. I, I don't remember if we decided to do it or not, though. Okay, great. Well, yeah. next week, maybe Sarah and I will just be back with... Who knows? Who knows? Stay it's a tuned. Mystery. I think the our next guest is The ghost of himself will be here. I think our next, our next guest is, ah. is Liliana on, on the 24th, I think. Um, Sounds accurate. So, anyway. All right, Vogel fam. Well, listen. Uh, go see Shang-Chi. Yeah. Hopefully you've not listened to this whole podcast. And oh now my gosh, we forgot to give all our spoiler warnings. They've had a week. That's true. And the episode will probably be titled something about Shang Chi. So it was so intense. Just your face, you're like, they've had a week. <laughs> it's very serious stuff. There's a social contract at this point. There is. It's 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 a week. If if it's a new release of a movie. Speaking of movies, just a, since we're doing a pop culture episode. Can I just say, two big trailers released yesterday, one of which I thought was excellent, one of which I thought was lackluster. Yesterday, the Picard, Star Trek Picard Season 2 trailer came out. How did I miss that? And they're going back in time to the 21st century to fix a dystopian future. Are you for real? I was not very interested, I'm I gotta say. I'm a little say. upset about this. However... The Matrix 4 trailer? What? Matrix, Matrix Resurrections? Oh my gosh. I take it back. That's one of the best Kung Fu movies of all time. Interesting that we're talking about that today. The Matrix, particularly the first Matrix. The first like Matrix movie. Matrix. It is an homage yes. to classic Kung Fu movies. It, it was absolutely... Before Asian people were allowed on the screen in Hollywood, 
they found Keanu, Keanu Reeves, Reeves and put him in the Matrix. <laughs> Wait, I kind of want to watch the Matrix now. I haven't watched that since I was in like high school. I know. Come we through. can do a Matrix we review. We watch anytime you want, Sarah. All right, I'm um, ready for the, it. Just remember, Sarah, the first Matrix is an extraordinary, thoughtful, beautiful, provoking film. The second and third Matrix movies are basically the I'm- superhero movies. I was gonna say I've seen those and like, no, 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 no. but the first Matrix I did really, really like. The first Matrix movie is a remarkable film. Yeah, I'm watching um, those in uh, Did you have you all seen the fan theory though after the trailer came out? Because Keanu no, looks what? like Keanu looks like yeah, obviously Keanu does now. Yeah, obviously. Right. I mean, he's aged 22 years since the first movie came out. <laughs> they said wait, and he kept the beard. He kept the beard. Good. So they said wait, did Keanu have a dream? That he was John Wick for ten years, and he's going to wake <laughs> up from his ten-year John Wick dream and realize he's Leo again. That would be. That's funny. amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> well, the beard makes him look a lot younger. I saw a picture of him without his beard, and I was like, "Whoa, the yeah. beard. The beard's a good choice." Yeah, no, a- no, no, aesthetically for him. Anyway, I'm really. I was a huge Matrix fan. Matrix was very formative for me in terms of pop culture, so. Uh, I guess I need to go watch those trailers. So. I'm I'm groaning because in the same way, I just know that you were that guy who was like, everything is like the Matrix, and everyone needs to wake up and take he the red pill. He still is that guy. I know he, he is. makes that quote. Like he states that quote at the beginning of like every. What if year. I told you? Blah 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 blah. I'm pretty sure he said at some point during every undergrad voice ped. So class, what you're saying is he says that that I did two perception lectures this week in voice ped and told them all that everything. I told you. I told you every like. He still is that guy. <laughs> If you could see this isn't a he was. Right <laughs> it's a good yes. thing. That this would be the moment if this was a video show. He references this, this all the time. That's He'll true. be like, and then you no. realize when I the say Matrix. that the first Matrix movie was very formative for me. Like, holy, mo- maybe it's I just like, like am around in too much, but like, I'm pretty sure you make <laughs> Matrix references. Just like nonchalant, like something happens and he's like, "One of the like, most." It's a glitch in the matrix. One of the most like I felt old moments early on was like seven years ago, eight years ago, when Devin Balaguer said to me in a voice lesson, "I said, you know, it's like a red pill, blue pill thing," and she said, "Huh? No!" Because <laughs> she had never seen the Matrix. None of my se- none of my se- over half of well, over half of my seventh graders didn't know who the Beatles were. That's really depressing. I don't just mean they had never heard of the Beatles. I'm sorry. I don't just mean they never heard their music. They were like, "What is that? What are you talking about?" I had a about? student refer to Hamilton as like, one of the classic musicals this week. You know, one of those classics like Hamilton. Yeah, you know, in the golden days of 2016. They were like, you know, like the golden, like one of those classic musicals, like Hamilton and Rent. And I was like... You know, guys, that was five years ago. That was a half a decade. <laughs> I, I chuckled a little bit. I was like, oh, dear. I was like, it might be a little... I mean, like, I totally think it will be a classic, but we might be a little premature to refer to that as, like, a classic musical. Would we... Yep. Dissertations are going to be written on Hamilton. No, I just I'm saying, like, I think it's going to, like, it's going to be a classic, but, like, if you're referring to, like, oh, one of the classics of musical theater, I think most people yeah. assume you're going to reference something, like, from the golden age. 
Yes, yes. But or, I just was or like, at least, yeah. Or the 90s. Is Hamilton already not like a contemporary musical? Like, has it already left that behind? Along with those dusty oldies like the Hades Town like and Hanson oh, and Hades Town. I get to see Hades Town this year. Uh, I mean, it'll be like the travel. It'll be the traveling one, but I'm pumped. I mean, Waitress is already in revival. That's true. Is it? That's true. It is. It's a. Re- it had closed, and now it's reopening. It closed right before. So this the is pandemic. actually Waitress's first revival. That the world is moving too fast. Um, I'm ready for the Anastasia revival. Uh, I really want to see that. Like, no, I don't. Don't say that because I want the rights of Anastasia to become available to universities. Oh, well, that and was... if they do a revival, it'll be even longer. I do. I just. I loved that musical so much. Like underrated musical. It's beautiful. Anastasia. Anastasia. Beautiful like, music. Oh. Anyway, there are I'm some really great. Here. <laughs> there are some really great songs for like young male musical theater singers in there, there like are. My Petersburg. Really well, great, and the Nevia flows, both of them. Yeah, man. I would be very, like, really great. I'm, I'm actually like, teaching both of those songs this semester. I feel bad. <laughs> That's hilarious that you said that. I'm so attached awesome. to that character in those songs that, like, I feel like I would have trouble assigning them. Ah, okay. Because oh. I would need to know that, like, whoever did it, I gave that. To I only have really one song life. that I have trouble assigning. That's it. This is it. Yes, you literally surprised. tell you literally tell students they're not worthy of it and they have to earn it someday. You also tell them that that song is your wife. If my wife were a song, she would be Aclarice. You're right. You say that too. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> it's those moments where I'm like, wow, I spend too much time with this person. <laughs> Sarah, now now we live in the same town again and, and we work together. <laughs> What has become of this podcast? <laughs> Remember five years ago when we started this podcast here, right here, sitting here, yeah. and y'all thought this was ridiculous? Yes. She thought this I, was ridiculous. I, I was just going to go along with it. I was like, either <laughs> something will be cut, like something will happen, and it, it'll it'll happen, or this will just go live in a dusty corner of the internet. It was one or the other. Here we and are, here dusty we corner. Are. In dusty corner of the internet. We used to make just like, oh, a vacuum. <laughs> a vacuum. Oh, right, Vocal Fam. Well, that's it. Michael, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. You'll have to definitely come back. I don't know if we'll be able to make Eternals work because Sarah and my schedule that weekend is a little weird. Yeah. The, the, right around Eternals. I don't even remember. But there's no way that we can do Vocal Fry Christmas 5. Spider-Man No Way Home Oh yeah, you're here for that, right? Like, you're doing that Yes, yes So you have to come back for Vocal Fry Christmas 5 You mean the secret Sinister Six movie? Because that's what I think is going to happen That's totally what's happening Yeah, because there's literally five villains that they've revealed Who's the sixth one? It's me No, it's not No, it's going to be Me No, it's going to be What's his name? Uh, Michael Keaton's character busted out of jail. Uh, but what if it was Benedict Cumberbatch as himself? Like as Benedict Cumberbatch? Yes. <laughs> the truest evil villain. As Khan. As Khan. <laughs> or as... Truly. Uh, or as... Uh, the What's his name? The Smog. Smog. <laughs> In the motion suit. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my 
favorite videos on the internet where he's like, I love that. Like, it's commitment. Okay, vocal fam. That's it for us. Peace out.